their paths crossed like two hot wires. We are just about the friendliest folks you would ever want to meet. That's Bonnie. I'm sorry, I was looking for Maud. Everyone has the right to make an ass out of themselves. You can't let the world judge you too much. That woman, she took my car. This is Bonnie and Maud, the film podcast, with Xenia Yarosh and Eleanor Kagan. You're listening to Bonnie and Maud. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Ksenia Yarosh. Happy Mother's Day, Ksenia. Thank you. This is our Mother's Day episode, so what better movie to be discussing than Aliens? And joining us in the studio apartment, I'm very excited to have the hosts and producers of Mother, a podcast, Amy Gastelum and Anne Noise Sani. Welcome. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah. I am excited to have you guys. I'm so excited that we watched Aliens. I don't get enough aliens. <laughs> so I, true. I needed a good excuse to see that movie. Yeah. She watched it twice. I did. It was my first time watching it for sure. Yeah. We talked about Alien, the first movie in the Alien franchise, in our Women in Space episode. But that was mostly about what it means to be a woman alone in space. And kind of, we compared it to gravity. So it was a woman literally alone with only herself to rely on. And in Aliens, suddenly she has another person to care for and has this new responsibility. So I've been really interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this movie. Amy, a mother, and Anne, a person who hosts a podcast about motherhood, and Ksenia, a mother-to-be. And we are all children of mothers, so I figured we would have a good perspective on this. Did you watch it with motherhood as a theme in mind when you saw it? Totally. And I think that changed the experience for me. When I saw Alien as a teenager, it was just, it was like a thrill ride. And you know, it scared the crap out of. Can I, say, I can say crap. And you can um, say worse things than crap oh, if you want to. And crap, let oh it on God. out. Okay, but this movie was not scary, but it was really interesting to see the the way um, to think about the characters, the women characters, and the men characters, and the different ways. Um, like the key relationship in that movie is between a mother and a and a daughter, figuratively. I mean, how often do you see that? You know, like at the end, you're rooting for Newt. And Ripley to be reunited, not some kind of romantic relationship to be forged, right? Right. Like the driving relationship of the whole movie is one of motherhood. And we should say in Aliens, it takes place 57 years after the events of the original Alien. Um, and Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, of course, wakes up from hypersleep and is asked by the corporation uh, to return to the now colonized planet from the first Alien movie, uh, which they've recently lost contact with. So they send her and a bunch of space marines there to check it out. And of course, alien battles ensue. Before she is sent back, however, um, she is trying to find her daughter, who is mentioned basically tracking back to the original movie. She says, I promised her I would be home for her 11th birthday. Unfortunately, as of Aliens, her daughter has passed away. She, you know, aged significantly. She led a full life. She never lived to see her mother return. That's kind of a key thing, I think, in her decision to decide to go back to this colony because her one family member that she wanted to see is now gone. In many ways, that reminded me of gravity. As it were, I saw gravity before I saw aliens. But the idea of the one thing tying you to your home and to your home planet or your home in general is your child. I think it also set up for the viewer that um, Ripley's character is already a mother. And so so you're like, okay, she's a mom. But it's interesting if you, if you, because um, I hadn't seen Alien 
like I saw that when I was maybe like half a lifetime ago and I, I actually totally forgot about that. I'm so I glad that I, you reminded I, me. I actually don't remember Aileen referring to her as a mother. Because I, I did not have it in my mind that she had already literally biologically been a mother. And you're right, that totally changes like the psychology and the way. Because when you just see her come on the screen, like, you know, like in that boardroom scene when she's kind of like fighting with all these corporate types, you don't think mother. I mean, she's very kind of wiry and she's very like it, it's there's not, a sternness like, about her yeah there's not like a nurturing quality that the scenes with newt kind of bring mm-hmm. out and that's only one way to be a mother clearly that part of the movie was actually kind of a problem for me if ripley wasn't a mother would we be more surprised by her taking care of newt I feel like the film sometimes implies that motherhood automatically makes you a mothering person towards whatever child. And I I don't think that's a fair assessment because mothers care for their own children. They're not necessarily caretakers overall. We don't see any other members from the ship, male or female, taking care of this child who needs medical and emotional attention, but Ripley is the only one wiping her face and feeding her. Ripley was very hesitant to really even take an active role in all of the things that were happening up until the point where she became this little girl's adoptive mother, which is the moment that she set eyes on her, yes. which is which is pretty significant. And once she became this little girl's mother, she became the leader of the entire group. I think acting as the role of Newt's mother also gave Ripley legitimacy as a leader. And you see this in the first movie, too. She tries to exert herself uh, to those in control and those in authority, and they keep brushing her aside. And even in Aliens, she is the only surviving person who has had contact with these aliens, and still they doubt her story and they don't believe her. One of the big themes of Aliens for me is like, she is trying to be heard. She's trying to exert her voice and nobody- And motherhood gives her power. Exactly. Nobody takes her seriously or starts listening to her until she assumes that role as a mother. I totally didn't think of it that way. That's that's a really interesting perspective. That is an interesting perspective. And as the only mother in the room, I'm going to offer another one, which is that- when I saw that as a mother myself, like I totally identified with this, whatever, okay, maybe it's made up in some situations, but this mother bear instinct. And if you talk to other moms, you will hear that that is a real thing. And I don't know if James Cameron was onto that at all or whoever else was involved in writing the movie, but I do have those feelings. Having my daughter with me makes me feel more powerful when I go places. I'm on the subway now and and I have I carry the baby in kind of this pouchy koala bear thing on my front and if somebody pushes me I hope it's made out of koala bear skin (laughs) very primal that would be so cool (laughs) it's not quite as cozy but if somebody pushes me like I freak out I freak out you know and and I'm like I will fucking kill you and you like, have, a, and you have that I have right. my daughter with Stay me. Stay away from her, you yeah. bitch. Oh, I have freaked out at people. And it, <laughs> and it's like not for my own sake. Like if it was just me, I would just be like, whatever, somebody's having a bad day. Yeah. But there is this mommy bear, mama bear thing that actually I think is real. And that was the thing that I identified with was like Ripley was almost kind of like half into this whole thing until she realized, oh my gosh, there's a vulnerable person here that I'm going to take on being the caregiver of this person and now this thing really has to happen because mm-hmm. that's what's at stake the whole um drawing strength from motherhood thing i th- i think you could see that 
with Ripley and maybe also with the, the would you call the alien mother? Yeah, she yeah. was like the mother, mother queen. The queen. Oh, yeah. And there was kind of this duality because they're drawing strength. Like in Ripley's case, you know, she's maybe sort of got a little bit of like a something akin to PTSD after her experiences Absolutely. and she's in her shell. She doesn't want to go back to this place. She doesn't want anything to do with these beings. And then when she gets there, it's not until she takes on this role that she finds the strength and it's something for herself as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's like she conquers, the, she conquers this thing and she only does it, the strength sort of comes from having to be a mother to Newt. Um, but it's also her source of her weakness. It's her, it's the thing that can hurt her, right? When Newt is taken away from her mm-hmm. and she has to get Newt back, like that's her big vulnerability. So it's like this duality and the same thing I think with the alien mother like you can almost see the uh, are we allowed to talk about endings oh without, yes we, yeah. without we killing completely spoil suspense movie. okay we can spoil for a long, long time. time so for anybody who hasn't seen it sorry but when the when she torches the mm. eggs mm-hmm. you you can almost i mean this isn't an, an alien not a t- terribly attractive alien <laughs> but you see this pain and you know i almost was kind of like ripley why did you do that do you i find that totally reckless yeah because and then she shoots her in the womb. Oh my God! Like, <laughs> uh, let's talk about this scene. So this yeah, is yeah. getting towards the end of <laughs> yeah. the movie, and you know, again, Ripley. She's not the final girl as she is in Alien, but she is one of three humans, and then Bishop, the android robot machine, left. Right, and she finally finds the Queen Mother. And well, she's, she's leaving. She found Newt, um, who was trapped by the aliens. They're running away. And she encounters a field of eggs. A field of eggs and sees the mother. And they actually have this moment where they kind of have a standoff. And you, I mean, maybe you guys felt this too. I wondered if Ripley was identifying with the queen and being like from mother to mother, like, I feel you. It was a beautiful moment. Like, it just like, it gets so quiet. I agree. Until like the idea of a human making eye contact with... This grotesque creature, like that, just looks like a giant lobster or something. To make it emotional is amazing. But then she torches all of the eggs and shoots and (laughs) and you get it, Ksenia. You think it was a little harsh? Yeah, because I thought they reached this truce, and the mother alien basically made a signal to the alien warriors to back off in order to protect her eggs i thought she was letting ripley go for ripley to then immediately torch those eggs i i think that was reckless because they could have been on their way i mean i i know the aliens probably would have come after them anyway but it's like it's it felt more like revenge than she wasn't protecting newt in that moment she was dealing with her previous trauma Dude, oh, it's mom versus mom, and that shit is real. You know, that's real in the human world. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're supposed to be a mom this way, you know, and the way you do it sucks. I'm gonna torture you. I eggs. feel like half the internet is filled with yes, mom on mom essays. Oh, like I can't gosh. believe you don't do cloth diapering. I can't right. believe you work. You I can't believe you right. stay at home. Exactly. And it's just, it's like a cat fight in a weird like I also I kind of I was like why why did the two sort of lead women 
the, the sort of the powerful women in this movie, why do they have to have a bitch fight at the end? Can't yeah. we be like, can't we just walk can't we away? Do away with that yeah. <laughs> and be like, you stay on this planet and we will go by. Well, have, they're going to blow nice up life. the planet anyway. Oh yeah, right. But because exactly. that's already in motion. <laughs> I love I love that y'all are empathizing with the alien mother. I that actually really warms my heart. Can we talk about also do you guys remember that scene where they were talking about the queen bee queen um queen ant kind of similarities mm-hmm. between yeah. the alien mother and uh you know these queen bees and queen ants that their whole purpose is to just like shoot out these eggs one after another. And she this alien mother was attached to this giant abdominal thing yeah. that was like ha- squishing out eggs every 15 minutes or whatever oh, it was disgusting i was so gross can but- i just say that my very first note that i wrote down for this movie it's a very wet movie it's, yes it's one of the gushiest <laughs> movies i've goopy. ever seen like not just like sweaty and like wet but like dripping gelatinous Ugh. gelatinous yeah <laughs> visceral mm. which is mm, there's some i mean i've never given birth but there might be some stuff there <laughs> there might be some fluids involved yeah. thanks for the heads up <laughs> sorry <laughs> but yes she's connected to this big network of eggs and and hosts right so what they do is they take human bodies and they use those bodies as a laying a breeding ground for new aliens to thrive and burst forth from (laughs) it's beautiful (laughs) there's so many uh, links to birth in this film but I was just going to say that like she's it's only when she actually detaches from that thing that she from the egg sack that she's able to go after Ripley and like do this other thing that's not breeding. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, choice that that they made that she's able to detach because a queen bee and a queen ant they can't detach from that. That's not real. That's not a thing. But this 1986 they made a character that was the queen that was in charge of reproduction, but could also detach from that role and do other things. But wasn't the choice also sort of made for her though? Because Ripley, like that whole thing, which I was calling her womb, but I don't But you would assume that she she would also die because she's like connected in a- Because Ripley kind of shot that part off and then it it sort of tore when she tried Mm -hmm. to move. Like Ripley sort of pushed her into that, Mm, into detaching from that whatever that thing is. I thought she did it I was on calling it her own accord. Oh, well. I must have missed that. Do you no. see the queen as having been tied down by this prescribed role of childbirth and suddenly she's able to, like, Ripley frees her in a right. strange way. And yes, she frees her to then ultimate battle, but the queen can suddenly make her own choices and have the freedom to ride elevators. Just like... <laughs> And spaceships. Oh my god! <laughs> to move. I'm sorry. Just, just to physically move. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry. When the alien got in the elevator, I was like, "Is the alien getting in that elevator?" Oh, she's oh, getting yes. in that <laughs> elevator. Yeah, she's riding that Wait, floor. Did, did the alien push a button <laughs> to get off at I a certain was, floor? Those were smart aliens. Them. I mean, we got to give it to the aliens. I mean, this movie has so many like "oh shit" moments, and the you know the moment when the queen appears on screen is one of those the moment when she gets in the elevator the moment when she appears on the ship for the final battle um and the moment where ripley torches the eggs i mean all of the most exciting moments of this movie are the 
face-off and like the emotional face-off and the physical face-off between Ripley and the Queen. True. What do you think that's saying, though, going back to what we were saying a moment ago about the Queen being freed from this role? That's how she meets her demise. So I don't know what that, I mean, it's like, watch, beware women. You want to, you want to ditch the, uh, the safe role? Good luck. Well, the movie was written by men, right? I mean, it was definitely directed by a man. So whatever, you always have to take all of that into account. Yeah. I mean, James Cameron has many strong women, quote, strong female characters in his movies. You know, Sarah Connors. He was making Terminator as he was writing the script oh, for okay. Alien. So funny. I was another thinking, very strong mother. I was thinking of Sarah Connors. I was watching Sigourney Weaver's character as Ripley. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they came out of the same time period. And Cameron produced this movie with his wife at the time, Gail Ann Hurd. So, you know, he always works closely. And of course, you know, later he'd go on to be married briefly to Catherine Bigelow. So he always has these like strong women working with him and then also as characters in his movies. Yeah, I love that in both cases with Sarah Connor and Ripley, like, yeah, they're like very stern, focused women. Their bodies are muscular. It's not your like typical action movie heroine where her boobs are still exposed and she has a tiny waist and she's running in heels. These are strong women who wear sneakers. And and they're really um, interesting women characters as well, like Ripley and Newt. There's sort of seemed to be more wholeness and subtlety to their characters and the the men, ex- except for maybe the the synthetic android. Yeah, Bishop. Bishop, he was interesting, but the men were all kind of stereotypical. They were either strong characters. or slimy or corporate, very one dimensional. I was like, you go. I mean, just to have one good female character in a movie is an amazing achievement, but to have sort of no comparable male characters can we talk about vasquez not that it's a competition but she also like i I wish she was in it longer that's true she was i she was interesting to die i feel like one of the last and it was and she was very like it was a not an ending i would have expected for her it was like a very quiet kind of beautiful she held hands with her partner like well with that guy that everybody kind of despised throughout the movie like it's like they made their piece together and they did their thing work together like was it hudson did she die with hudson the bill paxton character who was the most annoying no 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 it was the the corporal or the sergeant (gasps) right yes who nobody liked because he was so you know inexperienced and he almost got them all killed yeah yeah he was a little inexperienced i mean vasquez went down fighting and she like she, you know, she was the very, she was the Marine who was like kind of like the warmongering one, the most, the warmongeriest. Like she was <laughs> raring to get in there and fight the aliens. And when, you know, she was a, she was a gearhead when it came to weapons. And when their, their leader said, you, we can't explode anything in here. She was like, let me just take out my uh, secret pack of bullets and my secret grenades here and like get this shit ready. You know, sexuality lies on a continuum, you know, and it's like she's right. You know, she makes you go this away and that away. And you, she's sexy as hell. She's super You're sexy. Like, I could maybe. Yeah. Yeah. She's like super sexy. Yeah. She has that like perfect mix of like femininity and masculinity. Right. And it, yeah, it's kind of in flux throughout the time we see her on screen. Right. So, yeah, I would say there's three, maybe four interesting women, female characters, right? You've got the mother. Uh, alien. Alien mother. Alien mother. You've got uh, Ripley. You've got Newt, this little girl who survived somehow. 
And you've got Vasquez, like the sexy super woman. The super soldier. The super soldier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She carries the heaviest gun. And she's like the most excited about kicking alien ass. I watched this movie about a a year or two ago when I wasn't pregnant. And I watched this movie while pregnant. God. And (laughs) I felt like sometimes it was a little too heavy-handed and its links of aliens and pregnancy there were just so many references like these words were like strewn throughout embryos impregnated gestation like like too clinical or uh, it, it just like it felt like it was pushing those buttons um and I think those metaphor is strong enough that you don't have to like keep pressing that um and early on uh, Ripley is having these nightmares where an alien is about to burst through her chest and it's like this like rippling motion on her skin, which reminded me a lot of the YouTube videos I've been watching. Of- yes. <laughs> and she's in a hospital bed. Yeah, of babies in yes. <laughs> people's stomachs where you like see them moving. And um, uh, I don't know, it probably ties in with uh, – breastfeeding as well where like you feel like your chest is going to burst i i have less experience and knowledge of that but i mean are there other venues in which the relationship between aliens and pregnancy have happened is this a discussion that is had where it's like you have a human growing inside of you that is an alien feeling even though it's the most human thing you can do i mean have those connections are, are those connections made in other ways? Is this something that comes up a lot when you are pregnant? That's a really interesting question. I feel like it's 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 such an obvious link, but people are embarrassed to make it because it, you're supposed to be more affectionate <laughs> towards this alien. <laughs> but it's still a very foreign thing. Um, totally. I can't believe you watched this while pregnant. I was watching it and thinking, so glad I'm not pregnant right now watching this. Oh, and another key scene that we didn't talk about. So Newt and Ripley are sort of getting ready for bed. Um, Newt makes a reference like, isn't that how human babies are? Like they grow in you. Um, Ripley doesn't quite go into that. And she's like, yeah, it's a little different. Um, And then it's revealed that Paul Reiser, who works for the company, was actually trying to, the word is used, impregnate Newt and Ripley with an alien so that he could take an alien back to Earth. To the to the, to to the, the colony. Yeah. yeah, so he locks them in the med lab where there's two of the face-hugging parasites just in there uh, to be, yeah. like, tested. Which is like, I mean, that's almost like, like rape or like forced impregnation. Yeah. It's like that's probably the scariest thing in the film. Right. Absolutely. That there's this person in control and he is trying to use these women's bodies. It's amazing as that vessels. Yeah. It's amazing that that was Paul Reiser too cuz he plays such a like sort of like nebbishy dude in well, like he, he's supposed to appear harmless. Which is I I just thought that was like such excellent casting. Yeah, what is that 1990 Mad about Mad you. about you. Mad about the Mad about the you dude guy. Dude from Mad, Mad about, about you is going to fucking impregnate, impregnate Ripley with an alien and a child. No fucking way. Like a, an 11-year-old girl also. Yeah. Like they're supposed to be the vessels that are supposed to bring these things back. Yeah, yeah. it is. I I noticed that too. It was like it was like rape or like um 
I mean, reproductive rights. Or like prostitution in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Or like... Or like Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. I was going to say, yeah, Handmaid's Tale. I mean, he and the corporation maybe came off as worse villains than the aliens in some ways, Mm -hmm. like in terms of how you feel at the end. I mean, I felt very sympathetic to the alien mother, but the corporation, I mean, and it's kind of in that that period of movies, I think, in the 80s, there were a lot of movies where you see these really bad corporations. Yeah, these kind of like I love it. I wish that would come back. <laughs> companies that you don't know a lot about but are like pulling the strings. They're so blatantly bad. There's just no <laughs> question about it. I love it. Comfort and various <laughs> means. Yeah. That should come back now more than ever. Except I remember like when the latest Muppet movie came out, Fox News kept doing stories like, why is the rich oil baron the bad guy? (laughs) (laughs) We should teach our kids that those people were doing a lot of good for the world. Oh, wow. Uh, Well, props to the Muppets for attempting. I loved that scene, by the way. The one thing I also wanted to mention about that scene where Ripley and Newt are sort of taking that. I guess Newt's going to go to sleep and Ripley's going to mm-hmm. go back to work. But they're the whole most of the movie is sort of war. They're they're at war. They're on a, a battle mission mm-hmm. basically. And, and so this there's is a quiet. It frees Ripley and Newt to kind of have a different relationship than mothers maybe have with their children. Uh, maybe a more honest relationship. This is just my perception. And and it was that scene that sort of solidified that feeling for me. Like. Uh, when Newt's going to sleep and she says, you know, I'm going to have these bad dreams if I sleep. And Ripley, rather than being like, oh, no, just go to sleep. It'll be fine. She's like, sleep, but don't dream. It's like, that's the mother that I want. I want a mother who will talk to me for real. And it can only seem to happen in that situation where normal societal structures have been broken down Uh by war. The intimacy has sort of been expedited because they don't have a lot of time together a lot of like comfort or safety yeah it was, it was interesting to me it was like almost this kind of this better mother-daughter relationship that was more honest you know like rip like newt's real mother had sort of said oh there are no monsters there were monsters ripley is not going to say that to newt ripley is going to say no but then at the, at the very end the closing scene is they're heading back home they're safe ripley tells newt you can dream and they're, they, like, go to sleep together. I'm and like, oh, no. Like, I liked it better when they were, like... No, more... but she she is telling Newt that it is safe now. It might yeah. not be safe in the future, but at this moment, like... But I hope, there, I hope that part of their relationship that was, like, so honest and so forthright and that I think sometimes women and mothers and daughters and children struggle with, I hope they don't lose that, mm-hmm. even though it's going to be safe and they're going to go back mm-hmm. to society. It brings up the question of what kind of mother do you want to have and which what kind of mother do you want to be? Do you want to be the mother who protects your child from the horrors of the world? Or do you want to be the mother who is honest about them and guides your child to deal with them? I imagine it's some kind of combination of both. I mean, there's all kind of questions that you're faced with every day as a parent, you know, that it's, it's like the, whatever move you make in this moment it will does ripple. Have impact. Yeah, yeah. It does have impact. And I think it's so important to be conscientious of that. Even, I mean, not in every single moment and every single question that you're killing yourself, you know, thinking this is going to have impact forever, but in some moment somewhere so that I'm aware of what I'm doing and, and its its impact on my kid. 
for the rest of their life. Oh, God. (laughs) Did you find it interesting that um, the only time the word mommy comes up, or I guess when Newt first calls Ripley mommy, is it after Ripley has just killed the other mother? Uh Uh-huh. I I mean, I was trying to figure out, I guess maybe it was just it sort of made sense like now the danger has passed and so you you move on to the I just I feel like in movies that like word or or dad even is used as a final reward and I don't know I don't know if I like it I didn't like it your mom was your mom Ripley is just this other person like she's a mother figure but she's not your mom I mean movies entertainment stories in general are filled with surrogate parenthood right and and surrogate motherhood where you know how many origin stories right how many disney movies start with the mother dying and then the child has to rise to the occasion and there is usually some mentor figure along the way who becomes the surrogate parent like how many times has this story been used as like you take away a parental figure for someone to realize their own strength I just think it's manipulative to throw in the word mommy in there. <laughs> yeah, totally. It totally is. But but the thing is, like, Newt already knew her own strength because right. somehow she was the sole survivor of this community um, of colonists on this planet after the aliens attack. We never learn how she survived. We see her nest in the air ducts, a tiny space where she can fit. Um, we never know why how she survives, but she clearly has survived through wiles and strength that maybe she doesn't recognize in herself, but she is already a strong character when Ripley finds her. And it's almost like a fluke that the other humans discover her because she does not want to be discovered. And she even when they say, come with us, it will be safer. She's like, uh-uh, no, it won't. <laughs> I've yeah. seen so many other adults die. Like, I don't need you guys. She right. knows that adults are not all they're cracked up to be and not necessarily to be trusted that's true they're not they're not they've let her down Mm -hmm. clearly yeah so So it's almost like she doesn't need the like parent to die in order to realize her own strength and ripley doesn't need necessarily well maybe it's the other way around ripley needs the child figure in order to rise to the occasion to be protected protector so it does kind of turn this trope on its head a little bit Mm -hmm. and she needs to convince newt that she is trustworthy um which takes a little bit of time that's a question out you know within this movie and outside of this movie is like how do you learn how to be a parent you just do (laughs) oh my god you really just asked that i love that so glad you with time (laughs) you read um parenting blogs that's how just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> you solicit Facebook comments. You listen to Mother, a podcast. Yeah. That's we'll exactly right. You know. <laughs> no, that that's the million dollar question. Of right? course. It's like, Do you ever learn to be a parent? Maybe is another way to put that question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just browsing like the books in the parenting section, which I've started doing recently. It's really it's just like there's so much conflicting advice. Absolutely. And in the end, everything ends with like, but your child may be different. Right, right, right. All children Well, maybe that's the one thing to take away from all parenting books. But your child may be different. It's the one thing yeah, they all agree it. on. <laughs> well, as a mother now, are there like any film mothers that you feel portray your experience oh, I in a more I, believable way? I think it's more about um, 
are there any mothers that you have respect for? Because nobody mm-hmm. has your experience and nobody. Yeah, yeah. Fair. So, so I would say like mothers that I have respect for in film. Fried Green Tomatoes. What's her name? Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, yes. Mary Louise Parker's <laughs> character in Fried Green Tomatoes. I liked her yeah. as a mom, and I liked her. Uh, God, I'm going to think of a bunch when I leave here today. Do we look to entertainments like film and television as a to show us what these experiences could be like, or? as a fantasy of what we want them to be like. Yeah, that's the question for the three of you. That's what I was about to say. Like, okay, if you're going to ask me that, like, tell me, like, what's your fantasy vision of yourself as a mother? Or, like, what's your fantasy person that would mother you? Well, so I've been watching a lot of Gilmore Girls these days, and I think the the Rory-Lorelai relationship is such a, like, fantasy ideal of what a mother-daughter relationship could be like. Do you feel more connected to the daughter or the mother figure? Mm, I both, actually. But it, it's shifted over time. And there's there's moments where I like Emily, who's Lorelai's mother, a lot more than the both of them. And I think that Lorelai can be ridiculous. But, I mean, I guess I'll say that I wound up watching this show sort of alongside my mom. She was watching this show for the first time. And it actually led to moments where we would talk more about our relationship as mother and daughter than we have before because we had this text Mm -hmm. off of which we could compare our relationship. What you were saying made me think of the other mothers that we've kind of talked about on mother sometimes. And it's like you see these other uh, women who could be mothers or mentors or just sort of interesting creators of some, you know, artists or whatever, podcasters. But they're not But it's not your mom. But they give you like other mother things and it's like you kind of want them, but you don't you don't want to trade your mom for anything mm-hmm. as, as problematic as it can be. You want your mom that it is what it is, but you want these other mothers too. like I find myself kind of looking for these mentors mm-hmm. like a rip like I kind of I was like, ooh, Ripley, like I kind of wanted yeah a Ripley for me to be like sleep, don't dream. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need that sometimes and I don't that's something I don't. Yeah, maybe from my mom, I get a lot of other things. Um, yeah. One character that really stands out to me is I watched the Mildred Pierce uh, miniseries that stars Kate Winslet. It came out, um, I think, a couple years ago. And it <laughs> it's brutal. It's a, it's a very strong reminder that just because they're your children doesn't mean they will be who you want them to be or that they will love you. Or that they will be grateful. What's the what's the plot of that again? Yeah, I don't know. This, this woman basically becomes a single mother. Uh, she has two daughters. She starts a very successful business, and her daughter benefits a lot from it. And then her daughter starts taking advantage of it. It's a sort of relationship with where the mother keeps giving and giving and giving, and at one point she has to realize that she's being taken advantage of and like she's actually being hurt by her child and has to back away because children are just people or that it or that it's like if they hurt you that that's okay because mm-hmm. um, i think sometimes you see these mother figures in in movies maybe not as much now where like sacrifice is this really noble thing and yeah. i mean you see this a lot also in like um indian cinema mm-hmm. definitely like there's this really famous movie called mother india and it's like this woman just suffers for like three hours and she is like the icon of indian womanhood wow sacrifice and suffering and and not sort of giving into that and just giving and giving and giving 
it's I mean it's a very different way to sort of think of how to be um, a parent. Yeah, that's also like really common in a lot of telenovelas too, because you have this concept of Marianismo within the Hispanic community that you should you should be as much like Mary, the mother of God as you possibly can. Wow. Whoa. So, yeah. Well, we'll be di- diving into Marianismo later on. and On a future episode on of a Mother of Podcast? episode of Mother of Podcast, yes. Ooh, but... so we have that to look forward to. Yeah. So, Aliens. A great Mother's Day movie or the best Mother's Day movie? The best? <laughs> I, I'm down with that. Well, the only other thing that I was going to say, I did mention um, that that face-off between the alien mother and Ripley where it was like mom versus mom. I would like to say that um, I think that's a, it's a little bit more of like a, a middle-class demographic issue. This happens sometimes, I think, in real life where it's like mom versus mom and it's like cloth diapers versus whatever. But actually, that's really more of like a middle-class thing. And middle-class moms happen to be the ones that have access to microphones and happen to have access to TV cameras and things like that. But and the, also the the time to be able to like blog put, about it. put your opinion out there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, and have more access to discussing their own particular issues that is a theme that you see like on mommy blogs or in um, parenting magazines and things like that but that that's not actually accurate and also it's not as interesting as reality yeah yeah there this the swath of motherhood is huge like there's no way that film and tv and any other media could possibly represent the experiences that every demographic of mother has experienced there's no possible way And, of course, there's only such a limited representation of motherhood in general in the entertainment that we see. Like we were saying earlier, it's a tool to use as a jumping off point to have conversations about your own experiences, right? Perfect. Yeah. The one thing that I felt like I couldn't – I didn't get to fit into this conversation is a fun fact I read on IMDb. According according to that, Sigourney Weaver apparently told James Cameron that she wanted to do – Three things in Aliens, not handle a weapon, die, and make love to an alien. Whoa! <laughs> None of which happened. I can't. That makes me like her more. I wonder what her motivations were for each of those individual Interesting. things. So ba- basically, make love, not war. Crossing boundaries. So we're not going to shoot aliens. We're going to love aliens. We're going to sex we're gonna aliens sex, up. We're going to sex them up. I'm going to sex wow. you up. Tick-tock, you know. <laughs> Would have been a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie I would actually not mind seeing. Yeah. I actually think Alien is a stronger film. I, I was a, a little bit I agree. annoyed and, and a you agree? tiny bit bored by the first half of this. But when that freight door went up <gasps> and Ripley was in the power loader. Chekhov's mecha suit. I started weeping. <laughs> It is an it's it's the ultimate oh shit moment of this movie. It, why it do you, was, why do you think you started weeping? It was though? like she's pregnant. <laughs> it was like really overwhelming. I don't even care for Newt that much, but get away from her, you bitch. It was just a very powerful moment for me. Absolutely, it was like the is like all of the power of motherhood. <laughs> concentrated in like this emotional but also this very physical yeah way as well well it's like maybe that's the moment when you realize like she has a chance 
like they're on equal footing now. She has this power loader. Yes, you introduce the power loader in Act One, and <laughs> Ripley's going to get in that power loader to kick alien ass yeah, in she, Act Three. She's the only one in the film who can like properly run it. That is the most amazing moment of this entire film. I mean, I also reacted very loudly when that <laughs> happened because it's just it's so spectacular and she inhabits this machine so she it's is like beyond a transformer yeah. yeah oh my yeah. god that cool. one moment is better than all the transformer movies mm-hmm. put together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have you guys seen the the halloween costume where it's a dad dressed as a power loader and there's a baby and she's ripley Oh my god, that's cool. No. You, you have to no. look this up. It's amazing. <laughs> well, we'll link to that I was as well. Say, you should put a picture up on your page. Because it sort of it links everything together, the representation of motherhood or parenthood and aliens and like this power, awesome dad. Like powerful motherhood though. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that because then it's not quite enough though, because when the what is that, the hatch thing gets opened. Mm-hmm. And like Newt is getting sucked away, Bishop has to like come in. Mm-hmm. It's and then you get like the sort of the family, that nuclear family mm-hmm. kind of restored. And but he's very kind of more nurturing, and she's like kicking ass. So yeah. it's like this inverted. He's just holding nuclear Newt's. family. Yeah, it's 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 like she couldn't do it quite alone. I don't know. And maybe this is just consensus narrative kicking mm-hmm. in again, where you got to have the family intact. I don't know. But he is only at that moment in the film, he's only half a person shape. <laughs> he's true. only a torso and arms. It's torso. like the ultimate sacrifice. His artificiality right? is exposed. But yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. The nuclear family comes together at the end. <laughs> thank you both, Anne, Amy. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming thank on. Fun. Thank Mon. you guys. This is a lot of fun. So how can people find out more about Mother, a podcast? Well, we have a website. So motherapodcast.com and we tweet at at Mother a Podcast. And we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it, wherever you get your podcasts. Right on. Mm-hmm. Our website is bonnieandmaud.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Bonnie and Maud is our name for all of those. Yeah. We always welcome your feedback. So if you have movies to suggest or have thoughts about this or other episodes, please email us at bonnieandmaud at gmail.com. Tell us about all of your favorite on screen mothers and mother child relationships or parent child relationships in general. There's a lot. We'll like compile Dads a huge are list. mothers too, okay? It's true. For Bonnie and Maude, I've been Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Xenia Yorosh. <laughs>